Hey everyone, as everyone knows, I've decided to do it. It'll be probably tagged in a little bit to the coaching course, but it'll be, you know, I'm doing it on Saturday, September 23rd, uh, from 10 to like 2.30. And it's uh, procrastination slash self-sabotage as a trauma response, right? And I started thinking about this is because, you know, you always see in this stuff, uh, ads for like motivation and, and this and that. And, um, and I'm not saying it's not good because, you know, if someone called me and they said, you know, I got no motivation, you know, I, I, I firmly believe that, you know, you don't, you don't start the, you don't start the war with thermonuclear weapons, right? That's, that's the last resort. So you don't jump to, to trauma, right? It's like, what's the least we could do? And then, you know, and if that were, and it will work for most people, right? So, but it's the people that are chronically procrastination, you know, chronically self-sabotage, you know, and procrastination, putting things off, uh, majoring in minors, as they call it, uh, busy work, even addictions is a procrastination response, right? Because if, if you're, if you have a addiction issue, and you're trying to get something done, and you know you go have a couple beers, that's it, game over, right? So all of these things. So what, you know, what is that, right? And so like generally, like if somebody says, you know, they need to be motivated, a lot of people would say, and I just watched some guy's video, and it kind of made sense. You know, the NLP world will say, will say you're either moving toward a goal, right, or away from pain. And he says, well, if you're not, if you're stuck on something, you're using the wrong motivational strategies, what it's called, you know, what we call it in, the NLP, in my version of the NLP world right? The meta program, right? So, so let's say you're moving toward the goal and it's not working. So you could visualize your goal that, well, maybe you just need to add pain, right? Or some kind of negative, right? Because a lot of our goals that we really go toward, we're moving toward the goal. We're motivated by pleasure, but sometimes we do stuff because um, we want to make sure that uh, we can, you know, if there's a uh, pain threshold, right? Because then if you, you know, how, how much your stuff, yeah, you'll do it because it feels good, but if there's no negative for not doing it, you won't do it. I always think of exercise for that, right? People that call and say, you know, I, I can't, and from probably 20,000 clients over those years I ran that clinic, those clinics, you know, in the weight loss realm, and that was like 20,000 weight loss clients over 20 something years. Uh, exercise was always a stumbling point, right? And they would get people, and the ones that would get me and tie it into procrastination are the people say, you know, I don't understand it. I like, you know, I, I don't mind exercise. I like it. And when I do it, it's not that I hate it. And when I do it, I feel better, but I can't get myself to do it, Right. They're kind of stuck in the middle. They're not really moving toward the goal or they're not moving away from the goal. They're just like, eh, you know, but you get people that exercise. A lot of people do it. And, and this is what happens, you know, the New Year's Eve resolution, right? Or you get the, um, something motivates you to go get, start getting, you watch a good movie and people are in shape. So you're, I'm going to do that. So you're moving toward the goal. And then what will happen is it'll get you to take action, right? for a little while, and then you fall back to neither motivated or non-motivated. You're like, eh, you know, 
I mean, it's why if you've ever been around gyms, right? From about, not the very first part of January, by the way, it's always the second, third week of January till about the end of February, they're batshit crazy, right? And then it's like by by April, the, it's like a, it's whatever it was before, right? You know, people, they get in there and they're motivated for a while, but then it falls away, right? Sometimes if there's enough pain or enough threat, you'll take action, right? Right? There's enough threat. You get it, you know, your doctor says, you know, hey, if you don't get this under control, you're going to die, Right? And then people get motivated and it might get them started, right? And they'll do it for a little while and then they'll revert back to whatever it was, right? For uh, people I know, you know, now they're starting to do it, which is like if you need a hip or a knee replacement. Uh, and, it, 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 and they've, they allow this now. Um, if you're overweight to a certain percentage, they won't do the hip or knee until you get the weight off. Right? Because it's a weight, you know, it's a waste of resources. Right? It's just the way they look at it, right? It's kind of like uh, down here in Florida, there's a lot of heart surgeons that won't do certain things if you're obese and you're not taking action or changing it. Right? Mainly, maybe they want to protect their stats. Um, uh, and I know a couple down here because they they slam them, but they're like, I'm not going to do a heart, a massive heart thing on people <clears throat> if they smoke, right? Now you could argue whether that's right or wrong, but sometimes you know if you get that negative thing maybe from a doctor, or something, you'll take action somewhat, right? So you know someone shows up and they can't take action, maybe you can find out well what are they moving toward or moving away from, and if that works. Great, right? And there's, you know, or even just a general hypnosis script for motivation, right? There's some good ones. I don't know. A lot of people say they hate scripts. I don't understand why someone would say they hate scripts. Usually it's a hypnotist that really doesn't have a practice, um, right? Because if, you know, somebody called me about some, you know, bruxism or, or trick of the trick of where you pull the hair out. Uh, right on the tip. I don't deal with that that often. I'm going to, you know, I'll do my NLP stuff. I'll do the interventions and stuff. And then if I was going to do some direct hypnosis, I'm going to look up a script. But there's a lot of, there's a couple of really good hypnosis scripts for motivation. What I saw, it kind of says that, you know, paint the picture toward the goal, up the pain if you don't do it. That's going to work, right? Or you do an NLP technique, right? Let's use exercise again. Yeah, I, you do something like the Godiva chocolate pattern, right? Where you're motivated toward, right? And then I do the Godiva chocolate pattern advanced or whatever. So you're moving toward the goal because you take something someone loves to do. And in this case, it was eating Godiva chocolate and feel that anticipation, that joy of doing what you love and tie it into the exercise. That'll work, right? But then if you also add, well, think how bad you'll feel if you didn't shower or brush your teeth, you'd feel dirty, grody, disgusting. So you're kind of anchoring that. So you're anchored negative. You feel dirty if you don't work out, right? And you feel good if you do work out. Seems to work quite well, right? I've had that work great. People work out for a long, long time after that, right? Uh, 
But what about the people like the general hypnosis script doesn't work? You try changing their motivational programs. Maybe you do some NLP techniques. You know, visual squash might be in here. I mean, great thing about NLP, you have so much stuff you can try. But if everything you're doing is not working, then you have to look at what's going on, right? Is there some kind of trauma response, right? Is there some kind of trauma response, right? Is there an underlying reason they can't take action, right? You know, and it, you know, it doesn't have to be, I always stress when you think about trauma, my back's to the audience, director in me from stage and film says that's not good. Uh, but, you know, we always confuse trauma with thinking it's like combat or, or traumatic brain injury or overt abuse, being beaten or sexually abused. I mean, all of those are horrible traumas, but what about the traumas of omission, right? What about you're not getting the love, care, and nurturing? You're not getting the support to help you toward your goal, right? And so you need to, you need to, uh, you need to look at like what's, you know, is if you, I would always say, try something simple at first. And if it's not working, okay, what's stopping? You know, does that make sense to everybody? Right. That's, that would show there's some kind of trauma response. You know? um, or again, where they say, you know, I, I know I should do it. I like doing it. I just don't find there's something stopping me from doing it. Well, you might try the visual squash, but in that visual squash, maybe you'll uncover, you know, your mom saying to you when you were a kid, it doesn't matter in our family, all women get fat in their 30s. Right? And we might not think of that as some kind of underlying trauma, but if it happens to a little kid and it becomes their, you know, and so then the trauma is, well, if I get in really good shape in my 40s, I'm not a good family member. No, not a good daughter or whatever it is, right? Um, so there's all those kind of things, right? Um, you know, you got, you know, someone yelling at you about other things like that, right? So, you know, we have to begin to look at what's underneath it, you know? And it could be an act of, 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 commission, of commission, right? Or omission. Something done to you or not done to you, you know? I mean, when you look at the studies of um, what nurtures plants to grow, right, being positive, I mean, people make fun of that, but, you know, if you encourage your plants, they grow better. You know, of course, you're watering them, they get in the sunlight. If you encourage them, they seem to grow better. And, of course, if you yell at them, they don't grow good. But surprisingly, the plants that are totally ignored, even though they're watered and got nutrients, do as bad or worse than the ones that were like yelled at. Right? So if this could happen to plants, what would, you know, and we see it with pets when they're abandoned, right? It's like, it's sometimes worse than the beating. And I'm not downplaying any, you know, any kind of trauma, but it's like you begin to uncover that, right? And then you can, then you have to, you know, do some trauma, trauma techniques on that. But sometimes just uncovering it is the hard part for what we do. Because a lot of people don't want to face it, whatever that trauma is. 
um, that, and you see it with families, you know, where one person will kind of wake up, I hate that term, but they begin aware of how dysfunctional the family is. So what's the response from everybody else? Is it encouragement? Is it nurturing? Is it like, hey, good for you? Right? Or is it generally like, you're thrown out, you know? Or, you know, if you go to a family thing, there's certain things you can't talk about. Because maybe, and it could be true, your version of reality and their version of reality is different, right? Yeah, I see it. I used, when I was doing a lot of that stuff, I'd see it in a family where you had, you know, several siblings. And a few of the siblings had the issues and others didn't. And the others that didn't, therefore denied anything could have happened to the, the those that did, right? And it's just everyone's, you know, experience is subjective, you know? Um, and so, again, it's just how your memory works and what's going on. I always tell the story, you know, um, about my wife, my lovely wife, Miss Christine, who is up north right now. Um, so... When you start talking to her and you mention like her grandparents, uh, when she was a little kid, she lights up. You know, her face softens, all the physiological, oh, it was great. You know, grandpa he worked in the steel mill, but he had to get up real early because they, they had a small farm just outside Gary, Indiana. So, you know, you'd have to do what you do in the morning if you got farms and chickens and all that shit, right? And then, then go to the steel mill. Uh, and then do stuff afterwards. She'd say, it was so great. You know, you wake up early in the morning, it's cold in the house. You put a blanket on, you sit by the, they had a pot belly stove and it was so nice. You know, grandpa would come back in from doing whatever he did out with the, with the chickens or whatever. And they would talk and do whatever and how lovely it was. Right? That's my, my lovely wife's experience. Now, if you talk to her sister, it was like a year and a half, two years younger. Oh, God, that was the most god-awful fucking shit you could go. She wouldn't say God-awful shit you could go. They didn't even add central heating in this thing. They had a pot-belly stove, right? And sometimes it take a while for it to warm. You ever been in a house where my grandmother had a pot-belly stove? Took a while for the house to warm up. You had to get the fire going, and it took a while. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then they're out there taking care of these damn chickens. You know, if you ever dealt with chickens, they're not much fun. Da, da, da. Same experience. Basically, at the same time. You know, they'd be there at grandpa's, you know, at grandma's. And and so it's just the subjective. So it doesn't have to make sense. And then people, you know, if they have that negative thing that's stopping them from doing something, you know, they don't even want to admit that. Or if you're the, you know, if one of your siblings was a superstar, a superstar athlete or a or gifted athlete, if you will, or gifted uh, academically, Right. And you're not, that could set in some trauma. You start setting unrealistic expectations, right? And on the flip side, and I just read an interesting thing. On the flip side, what happens, especially in small high schools, is the the older siblings gifted, right? Very good student and, and maybe even athletic. And then you come along a couple years later and you get grades you really don't deserve because the teachers assume you're smart. And they'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Okay? Or on the flip side, if your sibling was a troublemaker, 
all the other teachers are going to label you troublemakers. I mean, all this stuff, it gets deeper and deeper. It's like that study where they took the students, right, and told the teacher, like, you know, these are um, disabled students, right? Slow, whatever the current term is, disabled, developmentally challenged, whatever. Well, those kids would test bad, right? And the next semester, they take the same kids and get a different teacher, and they're told that they're gifted, right? And they, you know, and they also do it on the test scores. Here, they test gifted, right? So there's all this stuff going on that, that impacts us at the subconscious level. And, you know, um, how is that going to impact you if you're trying to motivate? And the last thing, because it's just about, you know, uh, things to consider if you if people need motivation, I'm always fascinated, and I used to get the calls from people that couldn't understand why they couldn't do this, whether it's getting shaped, because they built a nice business. Okay. But one does not necessarily, you know, doesn't necessarily mean the other, or they're in great shape, but they can't build a business. Okay. They can, they build a great business, but they, they, they can't, they don't have good relationships. Maybe they have a great business and they're in shape. I lost Steve Jobs till they got cancer, right? But from what we've heard, I don't know if it's true. I don't think his family life was very good, right? I mean, when you're on your deathbed and your daughter won't even come visit you, it probably says something that's going on. But he was great at business. He, he was, I think, very athletic, a, a marathon runner or a biker or something till he got sick, right? So he was motivated in some areas, but in other other places not. So that was that's the one I'm always looking at, okay? The people that are, you know, have it in some areas. So then it goes to maybe a specific thing that's holding them back. Like the example I use about the lady, that one happened a lot. Like, oh, women in our fat, all women in our family get fat at 40, right? We're Italians. Of course we have to eat pasta. What if you didn't know you were Italian? They're a little like pasta gene and they're going pasta, spaghetti. Probably not, right? But it becomes those, those internal programs, you know? Uh, or if you're growing, this one used to happen a lot in my clinic. Uh, and it was usually traced back to parent or authority figure. Um, where when she was a little girl, she heard her parent, mother, maybe, I'll just say it. Her mother say shit like, look at that broad or look at that old old lady thinking she's hot. No, she should just give up. And you look, she goes, I'm this lady was in a regression. She looks, she goes, lady looked great. She was in her forties, athletic, looked really good. Well, her mom was as wide as she was tall. And she transferred all that hate to anybody that was in shape, you know, because they're just whores. She daughter that's what she and she had that program she started getting in shape later in life i think i'm gonna like you know divorce my husband or cheat on my husband or do all this so all these things we could you know then if that's the underlying program of course they're going to self-sabotage it with procrastinate i'll do it later i'll do it later right i'll get caught up in busy work and we all have it to some extent you know have you ever delayed a project and delayed it and delayed it. 
And then by the time you go and do it, you realize it was maybe a 30 minute or an hour project. And you spend hours delaying it, finding other busy work to do. No. And if you just, if it's just a, especially if it's something, you know, will move the needle toward what you want. That's the ones I look at. If it's something you just don't like to do and it doesn't really move the needle, I'm that way about cutting the grass. I hate cutting the grass. Right? It's hard for me to get motivated to cut the grass. Well, it doesn't, I don't like it. I, you know. So, so all this is just kind of fun stuff. So, you know, if somebody can't get motivated, especially in a specific area, and you try the traditional motivational strategies that we have in NLP and hypnosis and cognitive behavioral therapy, even like, you know, EFT and all this, and it doesn't work, then you, you know, have to go deeper. And again, this is some people choose, they, they don't, you know, no, as they used to say in the in the twelve step program, all change starts with truth, right? But a lot of people don't like the truth. Right? You know, it's the capacity to be honest. A lot of people don't have it, and you, you know, from our viewpoint, looking in out inward from the out, we see it. No. I always think now that I'm doing some consulting with an addiction center, I see it, you know, somebody's new in the rehab center. I want this so bad. I'll do anything. Week two, I want this. Week three, I won't do this, 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 or this. Right? Well, first they probably showed up in rehab for, they were probably motivated by pain. You know, the judge says go to rehab or the wife or the boss or, husband or somebody and then as the pain dissipates then the motivation that that they don't have a motivation to war so i can't really see what being sober would do for them. okay well we could work on that but there's something going on underneath so anyway that's my thing about and my class is saturday september 23rd and if you can't make it don't worry uh, it's recorded as, as we say, no worries. It's recorded for, for review. Um, and from 12 noon to about two 30 or three, um, and it's going to be a lot of fun and we'll, we'll attack a few of these things. Maybe have certain areas that you procrastinate about. Okay? And the other, and, and I think next week we should talk about perfectionism as the, that's a self-sabotage, uh, trauma response. If you, what is it? And it comes from, you know, if, if you have a little bit of perfectionism, you don't want to do something until you can do it perfectly or very good. You know, what do they say in business? Good is the enemy of better. Better is the enemy of best. And you always want to do your best. But the good business people know, while chasing the unattainable best will stop you from doing five really good things that might move the needle toward your goal, right? Or as a good talk I heard one time, uh, Stephen King goes, I'm, I haven't written a perfect book. I'll never write a perfect book. In fact, when I finish it, I'm done with it. Because he'll, he'll keep rewriting it. I've seen people do that with their book. I ran somebody at the conference this year, you know, and they told me last year, write a book. Your book ready? Oh, I'm, I'm, no, it's not quite perfect yet. I'm like, just publish the goddamn thing. <laughs> of course, I'm, 
I put shit out there that has all kinds of errors in it, as people have said, but at least I got it out there and then I can fix it. You know? Uh, but that's, you know, so I don't have a perfectionist gene, as people know, uh, or a spelling gene. Watch me write. All right. So again, just direct message. Go to hortonpsychology.com. The link will be below. The link will be below if you want to, some more information and have a great day.